Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Stevens Creek Church. How you feeling? It is a good day to be in church this morning as God is building his church each and every week and each and every day. Before we get started, can we welcome our South Augusta campus into service with us? Man, we are so excited to have you. We are one church in two locations. Those of you watching online, our atrium, our outdoor venue, we are just blessed by God to have all of these opportunities to worship together as a church family. We are concluding our all-in series today. Um, We've been, uh, in the last four weeks, we've talked about how God equips us for mission, how he unites us for mission, how he calls us to take a next step in mission. But today we're going to talk about how God sends his church on mission. Before we get into our text this morning, I want to encourage you. So I had this... uh, this little card in the seat back pocket, but I realized, you know, it's a little small, so I had them put it on the screen here. Um, there is a QR code. I want to invite y'all to join us in this um, all-in 90-day commitment. Here, here's why we are doing this. We recognize we are in a pivotal time, and God wants to do something special in our midst, and we want to prepare for what God is doing. And as we go deeper, God prepares us to handle what he is sending to our church, to handle what is on the horizon. Amen? Amen. All right, so I want to encourage y'all to go all in with us. There is a next step for everyone. It's not just for somebody else. Um, It is for you and your neighbor to go in together um, to take these steps, make these commitments um, before God. We start August 1st, and it'll be 90 days, and I want to encourage you to go all in with us. Now, last week I talked a little bit about IKEA. And um, I didn't realize how much that resonated with people because <laughs> they didn't talk about the sermon so much as they identified with Ikea. I'm thinking about starting a small, we got small group Sunday, um, August 29th. So husbands, a support group for all of us who have been scarred by Ikea and how we can overcome it. Um, that might be on the horizon. But um, another question, everybody was just asking me, Did you get the high chair, finish the story? Uh, No, we did not get the high chair from Ikea, but after the 1030 service last week, that's y'all, thank you. Uh, After the 1030 service last week, somebody came up to us and said that they had um, the same high chair and their child was pivoting out of it and they blessed us with it. Here's a picture of our um, son Maverick, eight month old, enjoying his new high chair and To the Instagram influencer, if you're watching, yes, it was worth it. So um, it it is a great high chair. So grateful for that. I just want to reiterate what Pastor JT said earlier as well. If you are a volunteer or if you're thinking about volunteering, I don't care if it's your first Sunday here and you just want to know more about our church, I want to invite you to tonight, our all-in night. You're going to hear vision from our pastor, Pastor Marty. You're going to... experience an exciting time, just seeing what God has done and preparing us, prepping us for what God will do in the future. So you're invited. Here's your text message to the cookout, all right? 
come here. Actually, come full. We're just doing desserts, okay? <laughs> but if you have your Bibles, grab them with me and go to Matthew chapter 16 and stand with me. We are uh, going to Matthew chapter 16, reading from verse 13 to 19. And it reads, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, He was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, another version says gates of hell, will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. I want to talk to you for a few moments about God's church on mission. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for this opportunity to gather today. We are excited about what you would say to us. I pray that you would empower your preacher, that you would give us all ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There were two warring tribes in the Andes, and these tribes had been in conflict for many, many years. Uh, One was lowland people. They uh, dwelt in the valley, and another group were mountain people. They were up in the mountains and in the hills, and they would find themselves in constant consternation. They found themselves in constant conflict. And one day the mountain people decided to go and fight against the valley people in their own territory. So the mountain people went and they ended up kidnapping an infant child and went back to their territory. So the lowland people gathered together. They picked their strongest men, their bravest men, and their most experienced men. And they sent them on a mission to go get the child back. But there was a problem. You see... Although these men were strong and brave and experienced, there were a few things that they did not know how to do. They did not know how to climb a mountain. They were unsure on how to, uh, what paths they were supposed to take. They did not know how to track the mountain people. And they were also unsure of where the mountain people dwelled. And so they tried for about a week to get up this mountain and they made very little progress. And ultimately, in the end, they were turning around to quit. But as they turned around to head back in the opposite direction, they saw a woman heading to them. And they recognized her as the mother of the missing infant. But she was not coming down from the mountain all by herself. She had her missing infant strapped to her back. And they were perplexed and bewildered. They were trying to figure out what in the world was happening. How did she do what we couldn't do? Finally, one of them who was brave enough to ask her said, how were you able to do this? You're not as strong as us. You're not as big as us. You're not as experienced as us. And how were you able to do this? She looked at them and she shrugged and she said, 
it wasn't your baby. You see, what she was trying to explain to them is that although they may be strong and may be experienced and may be brave, if they were not equipped for the assignment, they wouldn't be able to handle it. And what I want you to know is that when you became a disciple of Jesus Christ, you became equipped to handle what God has designed for you, that God has prepared a mission for your life. And I want you to understand, this has been the overarching theme for the series, is that I am fully equipped to go all in on God's purpose for my life and for his church. You see, that mother may not have known how to do all the other things that they knew how to do, but her equipping as a mother prepared her to do what was necessary to accomplish the mission. You see, her being a mother the thing that equipped her also sent her on mission. And can I tell you, following Jesus not only equips you for mission, but it sends you on mission. And I want you to know that God sends his church on mission, that we were not just saved and we're not just here just to gather and celebrate by ourselves, but God has a mission for his church and you are his church. You make up the body of Christ, and each and every one of us are sent on mission to accomplish the purpose that God has for our life. Uh, the scripture passage I read to you today seems a little bit different seeing that we have walked through the book of Acts for uh, most of this series, but it's almost like a Star Wars situation. I, Star Wars starts with episode four, five, and six, and so I started with those, but I'm going back to the prequel right now for you. Um, and unlike Star Wars, this prequel is worth watching. Um, <laughs> sorry. In Matthew chapter 16, it is an anchor text for what happens in the book of Acts. Another way of saying the book of Acts is the continuing acts of Jesus Christ through his apostles. That the purpose of Acts is to show you what Jesus talked about in the Gospels. And this passage here is the anchor text for how Jesus was going to proliferate and push forward and propel his church on mission. You see, he asks Peter and the rest of the disciples, what's going on? He explains to them after Peter's announcement, his messianic announcement, that this is the truth and I'm building my church through this truth. That is the rock, the truth of what Peter confessed, Jesus is the Christ. And he talked about the difficulty the church will face. And so I, I want to show you Matthew, but if you have your Bibles, open up to Acts 3 and 4 because this is an example. I'm going to walk through this to show you five things about God sending his church on mission. Five things. Here's the first one is that God's mission creates opportunity for us to represent Jesus. And this is a conundrum here, I, a play on words because we are called by his mission to represent him. Acts 1 and 8 says, he, we are his witnesses, that you will be my witnesses, representatives. But the other aspect of this is that we are called to represent Jesus to those who have a false ideology of who he is. In that Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew 16, uh, what is insinuated parenthetically there, while they were talking, Jesus is saying, who do people say that I am? They are in the community hearing false ideologies about who Jesus is. 
And if you turn on the news today, if you scroll Instagram today, if you scroll TikTok today, you will see false ideologies about who Jesus is. There are those who want to uh, take Jesus and make him something that he is not. But the mission of the church is not only to be God's light to the world, but to represent Jesus and to correct the uh, miseducation and the things that people are saying that are false about Jesus right there in that moment that we get to represent Jesus for those who think he's just an ordinary person we get to say to the world that he is not your average Joe he is not just another prophet he is the son of God the savior of the world Jesus was sent to literally transform the lives of humanity That's why Jesus exists. That's why Jesus is here to transform. That's why he was sent to transform the lives of humanity for the glory of God. And Acts chapter 3 introduces us to an experiential time where someone saw this happen in their own world. Uh, Peter and John are in their normal everyday life. They are walking and talking. They are headed to, to prayer and they have an interruption. They see a man on the side of the road. You see, God has called us to be his witnesses. We are called to represent him. But can I tell you that God will empower you to do what he has called you to I know sometimes it seems daunting. God, how am I going to be a witness? God, you know what's in my closet. You know my history. You know my story. You know my limitations. But the good news is your limitations are not a limit for God because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, that God can work in broken pieces and he can put it together and make a message out of mess that take that test and make it a testimony that God can do great works in your life. He empowers you to do that. This is what he says to to Peter after Peter makes the confession of Jesus being the son of God. The Lord Jesus says back to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. It is God that empowers his church to go on mission. The same mission he calls you to is the same mission he empowers you to. Some of you are wondering, how in the world can I witness to my family? God, I feel a burden for my neighbors and on my street, but how can I do it? The same thing God calls you to, he will empower you to do. You see, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Where you are weak, he is strong. Where you are lost, he is the way. It's important for us to be with Jesus. You don't have to have all the degrees. You don't have to have all the qualifications. You don't even have to have the right last name. Being with Jesus is enough. Look what Acts 4 and 13 says. It says, now as they observe, these are the Pharisees observing the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Y'all, all I want 
for somebody to say about my life, all I want for people to say about your life, yeah, you may be gifted and talented, but I'm not able to do what I'm able to do in my own strength, in my own power. When they look at me, they're confused. How do you have joy when all hell is breaking loose? How do you have peace when it seems like everything is going crazy? How can you stay calm when everybody is coming against you? It's because, ah, I understand it now. It's because you have been with Jesus. And there's some of you, you don't look like what you've been through because you've been with Jesus. It's only the grace of God that has prepared you for the moments that you have walked through. And being with Jesus will help you do what he has called you to. Jesus has called his church to do something great, something important. He has sent us on mission. And the mission is to be his representatives, to be his light. But God, can I tell you, God's mission creates opportunities for us to make a difference in the lives of others. See, we are not just called to receive his grace. We are called to distribute his grace. We are not called just to be reconciled with Christ. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation to help reconcile the world back to God. And it's not just in words. James says, faith without works is dead. We are called to Make a difference in the lives of others. I say this all the time is that you were created on purpose to fulfill a purpose. And that purpose is to make a difference in the lives of others. That your reason for being here is bigger than your personal fulfillment. It's bigger than your personal enjoyment. It's because God saw a problem and he created you as a solution. That God saw an issue and said, I can use him. I can use her to make a difference in this world. See, we are called to make a difference. In uh, Matthew 25, verse 34 through 36 and verse 40, uh, Jesus is talking about the judgment, and he is describing this scene, and he says, Then the king will say to those who are on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Verse 40, the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of these, you did it to me. You see, what you're doing for others not only helps them, but it glorifies God. You had an opportunity to help. And see, God has not called his church just to declare his good word and his good works. We are called to help in this good work. Look, look at what happens here in verse uh, 6 and 7 of Acts chapter 3. It says, but Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, walk. He declares God's power and word to him. But notice the next thing he does in verse 7. 
and seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. Y'all, we are not just called to declare that God can free people from addiction. We are called to walk with people out of addiction into their freedom. We are not just called to tell people that God can provide. We are called to have this dream center and be able to provide basic needs for people. We are not just called to declare the good works of God. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. This is what he has called us to. This is what he has empowered us for. (laughs) We get opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others. Uh, What I love about what God is doing in our church and the mission our pastor, Pastor Marty, has is uh, helping people take their next step towards God. It's not just limited to this building. We support missionaries across the world, orphanages, and we support local things here. There was, uh, there's a prison ministry that we support, uh, justified prison ministry. I had the opportunity to go preach in the prison. Y'all, I was so excited. I thought it was great. But when them doors locked, closed, I got real nervous. <laughs> I-, I know y'all probably braver than me, but I was st- it was only one guard. That was my buddy. I was standing right next to him. I was like, you got the key to get out of here, right? <laughs> I had never been in a situation like that. But in that locked up place, there were people hungry for God. I want to show you this man here uh, who was one of those individuals. Uh, This is Larry uh, who runs Justified Prison Ministries. And this is one of the brothers who was in prison. And while he was locked up, he heard the gospel. And though he was behind bars, he received his eternal freedom. And when he got out of prison, his life was radically changed. He started a business. He is free now. He is doing all the right things. And it's because the gospel was said in a place that was foreign. The gospel went into the prison and was shared with him. And his life was changed. And his family tree will never be the same. And it's because God has called his church to be on mission. He has called us to make a difference. You see, the truth is, being with Jesus should prompt us to make a difference in the lives of others. That being with Jesus helps us. Our response to knowing God is helping others. And my question to you today is where is God calling you to help others? Where is God calling you to serve? This is why we encourage serving here at the creek. It's because we know that God has no spectators in his kingdom, that every life matters to God. And because it matters to God, it matters deeply to us. And your life has the opportunity to make a difference in another life. So where is God calling you to serve? Where is God calling you to make a difference? And I know you're busy, and I know you got things going all in your world. But don't live your whole life and waste the reservoir of potential and impact that God has given you. Don't close your eyes for the last time and still have fuel in the tank left over. 
God has called us to make a difference in the lives of others, to share his good news to any and everyone who will listen. That's our response to being with Jesus is to help others, to make a difference in the lives of others. See, God uses all of this together to build his church. Here's the next truth is that God's mission is how he builds his church, that he takes the truth of Jesus and he takes people surrendered to Jesus and he fuses it together and sends those people out and he uses that to build his church Notice what happens here in uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 11 through 26. After the healing of this man, Peter doesn't take the accolades for himself. Peter doesn't sit in the weight of this on his own. What Peter does is says, this is an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. Can I tell you that God's church sharing the truth about Jesus in words and deeds It's how God adds to his church. That when we get an opportunity to help somebody, there is also coupled with that an opportunity to share the truth of Jesus. That when we share the truth of Jesus, that coupled with that, we have an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of others. And when you put it together, that's how God adds to his church. Notice what happens. Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, But many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. So notice, a couple chapters ago, um, Acts 2 and 41, this was just a few days earlier, there were 3,000 believers. And just a few days later, the church on mission went from 3,000 to 5,000. It's because when we do our part, God brings the increase. Paul says it like this, that um, some water, some plant, but it's God who brings the increase. That Apollos may be teaching and, and Paul may be training, but it's God who brings the increase. It is the Lord who builds his church, but he uses people to do it. It's your church, God, but we're your church. He uses people to accomplish the purpose that he has of building his church. And you're a part of that. That God wants to use you to build his church. That God wants to use you to cultivate and develop followers of Jesus Christ. That God wants to use you to plant seeds in the lives of others that will bloom later. That will have a ripple effect and make a difference in other people's lives. But y'all, this is all a beautiful story, and it's wonderful, and it's the gospel truth, but the reality is that not everyone is okay with this. There are some who are frustrated and upset with the gospel moving forward. Acts chapter 4, verse 1 and 3, look at what happens. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. 
And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day. This is what I need you to understand. That God's mission will face opposition. Some of you right now, the fight that you're in is not because you have done anything. It is because as you are moving closer to God, the enemy is frustrated and trying to block you and stop you from moving forward. He is sending distractions and sideways energy. He is sending tension into your life to oppose the move and work of God in your life. C.S. Lewis says it like this, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by the enemy. There is a battle for our souls. There is a battle for our city. There is a battle for our children. There is a battle for our community. That the gospel is moving forward, but there is opposition. And I know some of you are in that fight right now, but here's the good news. We are not left unarmed. That God has given us a tool to fight these battles. My brothers and sisters, we fight the battles in prayer. That's why us as a church, every single Saturday, we have prayer. But uh, for a season, twice a year, and it's coming up in two Sundays, we Go through 21 days of prayer, recognizing that we don't fight the way that other people fight, that people go with swords and uh, now they got guns and bombs and other things like that. But when we are fighting spiritual battles, we don't wrestle like they wrestle. There is a different way we fight. Here's what it says in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We don't do that by yelling at them. We do that in prayer. We don't do that by pushing them away. We do that in prayer. Look at what, they, what happens. The priests arrest them. They criticize them. They threaten them. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 29 and 30, this is their response to that. They begin to pray and they said, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Here's what they recognize, that I've got a power that is greater than the opposition I'm facing, that I got a God who hears and answers prayer, that there is power in prayer, that when I am in a difficult spot, when I am facing opposition, that I can turn to God in prayer. And as I pray, I'm not praying in a selfish way. I'm saying, God, you handle this threat. But in the midst of opposition, let it be an opportunity to show your power to those who don't believe. In the midst of opposition, let it be an opportunity, God, for you to prove the doubters wrong, that you are still mighty, that you are still strong, that you still rule and reign and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. This is the good news. Let me just hasten to my close. Here's the fifth and final thing I want to tell you is that God's mission will not fail. 
God's mission will not fail. Although there is opposition, although there is a fight, although there is a battle, weeping may endure for a night, but brothers and sisters, joy is coming in the morning that what you are facing will not be the end of your story, that there still is more in store, that God has greater on the other side of this, that God is still working in your life. There is more after this. We win in the end. My father told me this story about uh, this son who was reading this book in his room and the father was walking back and forth and he heard the son say, you gonna get it, you gonna get it, you gonna get it. And he was a little concerned in the first moment because he's like, who is he talking to? And he goes in the room and says, son, are you okay? And the son says to his father, Yes, Dad, I'm, I'm okay, but I was reading this book about the good cowboy and the bad cowboy, and I got a little nervous because the bad cowboy kept beating up the good cowboy, and so I flipped to the back of the book and realized in the end the good cowboy wins, so I went back to where I was, and every time it looked like the bad cowboy was winning, I just kept saying, you gonna get it, and I don't know who needs to be encouraged today, but I need you to know what you're facing will not win that in the midst of it, you can say the devil is a liar, God will be exalted, and the enemy will be defeated. The church will prevail. God is not done with us yet. We will see the work of God in our lives. We will see God moving. Here, here, here's what the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despairing persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed another word uh, Isaiah says it like this no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise up against you shall be condemned y'all they may try to silence the church but God's word will prevail they might try to stop what God is doing but God's word will prevail and you got a choice to make You've got to be all in on God building his church. This is what we have to commit to, y'all. He has called his church to help him build his church. Is the bottom line. I am all in on God building his church. I'm all in on it, God, wherever, however, whenever, God, I commit, I'm all in on how you want to build your church. You're building your church through people. And notice at the end of uh, chapter 4, verse 31, uh, this is what he says. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Church, hear me. This is not the time to cower and move away. This is the time to stand flat-footed and see the salvation of the Lord. This is not a time to walk away. This is a time to gather together and say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. We have the answer and God is building his church. He is breaking the chains of anxiety and building his church. He is breaking the power of darkness and building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will be defeated. Stand up and let's worship God. Ah, hallelujah, Jesus.
worship God. Come on, let's worship God. God is among us, and he is calling his church to do a great work. He is building his church, ladies and gentlemen, from the northeast, south, and west. He is building his church in South Augusta. He is building his church in the atrium. He is building his church in the CSRA. And the gates of hell will not prevail. We have victory. We have authority. And God says, what we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And what we loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And right now, I don't know what the needs are in this place, but we're going to pray for radical freedom to hit your house. For radical freedom and deliverance and breakthrough to hit your house. If you're in need, I I just want to encourage you, extend your hands. Scripture says we're not standing on our own power. It says where two or three are gathered, there he is. And whatever we ask for, it shall be done. This is God's work. This is the Lord's doing. And where he is at work, we will see victory. Let's pray. God, we thank you in this moment. Here are your people. Here are your children. And God, like you said in Acts 4 and 31, when we begin to pray, when we are united, your spirit came and shook the place. And God, I pray you would shake us again, that you would stir us again, God. And every devil, every demon will be bound in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we take back our children. We take back our families. We take back our marriages in our city, God. And we loose your word in this area. We loose your power in this area. And we bind the forces of darkness. We bind depression. We bind suicide. We bind anxiety. And we loose the joy of the Lord. We loose the spirit of us. a joy and happiness in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, for every person who has not said yes to you, let today be that day. And I pray if that is you, say this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. I give my life to you. And God, for every single person in this room, I pray that you would stir up the gifts of the Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would rest among us, that you would give us boldness to say your words, that you would give us boldness to share the gospel, that you would give us boldness to build your church, God, to move forward, God. And we believe for your victory. We believe, God, that you we haven't seen the best days of this church yet, that we haven't seen all that you promised to do, and you will get the glory you will get the honor in Jesus name we pray and everybody say amen amen and amen God bless you have a great week and be the church thanks for listening if you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the give button see you next time